Welcome to another segment, another episode of Not Your Typical Booty Scratches at the lovely Gem House Studios with my dog Peter. What's good, bro? What's going on with you, bro? How's everything been, man? How's life? Uh, life is good. Life is good. No complaints. The sun is out. Uh, I think I'm a creature of the sun, so whenever the sun is out, my mood is a lot better. Um, you know, we had the snowstorms that kind of fucked shit up for a little man. bit. So you drive, so I know your shit was probably fucked up. Yo, I've been bragging to everybody because, like, last July, I grabbed a new whip and that joint got snow mode. So I, I just been chilling, bro. I just been chilling, <laughs> dog. I instantly just throw that bitch in snow mode and I'm Gucci, so. Like, privilege. This boy, privilege. <laughs> hey, but on the adverse, I've been having to walk my dog in these mm. six feet of snow. So, yeah, that's been some hell. You um, got snow boots? Man, she hates the snow boots. She be biting them off before we even get outside. <laughs> but I did. Shout out to that new um dog store in Hyde Park because they got like this wax, G, that I just throw on the bottom of my dog's um paws. And it lasts for like 20 minutes. It, you, you good for the snow, salt, all of that. So, yeah, check them out right there on 53rd. Um, Not 53rd, but Hyde Park Boulevard. You know, they got it all. But got anyways, you. what else been going on with you, man? Man, honestly, uh... This week, I kind of realized that I kind of get burnt out from work. Um, and I realized I really don't have a lot of um, extracurriculars outside of going out that kind of tune into me. Yeah. So this week, I've been trying to figure out ways to kind of, you know, relax. And so something I want to do, something I just figured out, if I could get a haircut every two weeks, bro, I'm going to get a massage every two weeks. I actually just got one yesterday, bro, for an hour 15. <laughs> That's amazing. It's great, bro. It's great. And I encourage you, like, if you got the bread and you can afford it, it's a bunch of massage parlors throughout the city. Um, probably run you anywhere from, like, 80 to to $100 for an hour. Get a massage. Like, that should change your whole mood. I feel like um, since we were working from home, um, you accumulate, accumulate a lot of tension throughout the day and throughout the week. You know, that shit becomes part of your body so you tense up like i know my neck is fucked up my shoulders fucked up my hip is fucked up and i just had the lady i circled every part of my body i'm like yo focus on this if you can you know what i'm saying put a lot of pressure on this point and honestly i feel a lot better bro so uh ready to tackle this week huh feel me so for me i think it's just to kind of bring everything full circle i think for me it's just trying to figure out how i can um better myself outside of just going out to like eat and drink and shit more like personal growth i guess or relaxation shit so what about you bro how you how you been on on that note like just to talk about like focusing on like personal growth trying to find ways to relax something that's really helped me like aside from you know trying to find massages and stuff is i have this app called calm I got and that too. Shout out me? to Brian. Brian you, right, that exactly. Put me on. Yeah, Shout out yeah. to Amex because they gave me a free year of that joint. So. Yeah, I got a free year of that <laughs> shit too, bro. Um, but like just taking time throughout the day to, you know, listen to some of like the soothing talks, just reaffirm, you know, like I am okay. I can tackle the day without any hesitation or any problems yes, has, has really helped me um, a lot. Before I had Calm, I used to use Headspace, but forget Headspace. Calm is the shit, you know. It's, it is. They have different activities and exercises to really help. Play that rain noise when you sleep. Y'all yeah, be do knocked I. out, <laughs> Do I. Just throw in the little AirPods real quick and knocked pass out. out, bro. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's been helping me. I think overall, i just been trying to stay in a positive space. Um, Same. Given the fact that there's a lot going on in, in the world right now and, 
you know, we do see upside to this virus, but we still have social issues. You know, we still have our daily stresses. Yeah. It can get overwhelming. Um, and I know me, myself, like I battle anxiety um, a lot. So it's just about being able to step back um, and focus on what I can control. But aside from that, like you said, we got some great weather um, these these last couple of days here. Um, I'm definitely somebody who vibes off the weather, so it's, True, it's helped bro. me in my positive space. So, um, yeah, man, I've been good. I'm um, excited that we still going with this. We got some True. good stuff to talk about. Motherfuckers been blowing you up, asking you. Man, yeah, where that next episode shit, and where, where it's We at. love y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. And we appreciate this motivation to keep doing this and keep going hard. So Yo. with that being said, I think we can hop right into it. Um, you know, February is a month of black history. Um, unfortunately, we only get one month to focus on it, but it's been a lot going on. 28 days. <laughs> 28 yeah. days, 29 if it's a leap year. Yeah. Um, a lot going on um, in the world. A lot of people trying to spread light and be aware <laughs> how convenient, you know, given everything going on. But let's talk about black history, man. What does that month mean to you? Man, so this is our 45th year um, celebrating Black History Month, you know, originally started by Carter G. Woodson. Um, and in doing research, I realized that the reason it's in February, basically, is because it coincides with, um, I believe, Abraham Lincoln's birthday and uh, I want to say Dubois' birthday. Mm. So Carter G. Woodson basically chose that month because I guess at the time, you know, with the Emancipation Proclamation and how... Basically, that elevated Abraham Lincoln to like the savior, basically. Um, he wanted to big up that whole movement and uh, the freedom of slaves, even though we were kind of held back by things like Jim Crow um, and still kind of economic poverty. Um, and I believe this year's um, theme is uh, black family uh, representation and identity representation. Um what this month means to me uh before we go into that can oh, you ho let's hone in on like what that that concept of black family and and identification like really means because i think the the idea of the black household and the black family has changed as time has changed you know agreed, like agreed. so like i want to hear your thoughts on it i can share a couple of my thoughts sorry to interrupt but i can share a couple oh, of my bro, thoughts it's beautiful. on that too uh, black family to me, I just, I think with the kind of integration of different races, you know, it's kind of, now everything is a melting pot mm. as opposed to like the eighties and nineties, like everything was basically kind of like segregated. Like I know my neighborhood was like a hub for a lot of immigrants and a lot of black people. You know what I'm saying? Now I go in the neighborhood and they got condos and Facts. stuff like that. So that sense of like black family identity now is changing. You have like a bunch of interracial marriages, marriages happening, um, a lot of cultural blending as well. Um, but I think um, the black identity and black family is kind of what ties us all together. So Thanks. you get on Twitter, basically it's like black Twitter, like, right. cause we all share basically the same experiences, whether you're African, you're black, um, I think that's what kind of all binds us together. We all kind of share this mutual um, black culture, whether it's in film, uh, music, sports. And I think it's something that we have to keep going now that the world is kind of blending more. 
um, because we never want to kind of erase. Yeah. Or even lose who we are. Like, again, like the world is a melting pot. So it's easy for kids growing up now to not be attached to what, you know, we came up on. You know what I'm saying? So with the TikToks and shit like that. So um, I think black identity and and black family is really important. Shout out to all the OGs that basically hold on to that. Um, pass on knowledge to their kids and um yeah what you think man i that i have a great like not segue but piggyback point off of that like i feel like back in the days you know our grand like not our because my grandparents in africa but i feel like grandparents and parents did a better job of sitting down with their kids and talking to them about their culture their history Mm -hmm. And things of that nature, and I f- kind of feel like nowadays that's that's being lost a bit. You Agreed. know, Hell yeah. um, we don't have that leisure. Like families don't really have the time. Um, they don't have the access, nor do they have the ability to actually sit down with their kids and let them know, like, hey, this is where you're from. Like, you're, you know, you're a right. king. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, share with them, you know, stories about Rodney King and things of that. And I don't feel like that stuff is happening anymore. And I, and that's kind of why, as a community, like, things have gotten way worse, you know. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback off of what you're saying, not only that being one of the reasons but our houses are integrating a lot more it's a lot more multiracial and biracial households so a lot of stuff is being lost in the mix parents nowadays are really going on the fly with a lot of stuff and kind of leaving it to their kids to do their own research so to echo everything you said the black family is like one of the strongest components to like our life and like what makes us who we are to be able to walk outside and and feel confident and kind of feel like we've lost that and kind of need to get back to it. So it's interesting that that's the theme of this year, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's necessary. I agree with that, man, a hundred percent. And, uh, I just think now, like, I remember even talking to my mom about, uh, Harold Washington, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my mom and dad lived through a lot of shit that happened, but they never talked to me about it. Like, right. Harold Washington, I remember, this is probably like two weeks ago, I'm talking to my mom about Harold Washington, and her face lit up. She was like, man, I remember that time, um, you know, when he died, how the city rallied and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like I had to ask her about mm-hmm. that. And, and what we spoke about before is like, you know, me being the son of immigrants, like, I think their first instinct was survival. Facts. So it was just kind of like, let me take care of my kids. Let me make sure you go on to school, blah, blah, blah. Like history was secondary. It's kind of like you're in America now. The game has changed. Like we need to, you know, fuck what they're talking about everywhere else. Like I need to make sure you don't end up fucked up where you are now. Right. And I wish, man, I wish my dad would have schooled me more on shit like that. I wish my mom would. But I understand like the life of an uh, immigrant parent, like their work, work, work. Let me feed my children. Let me come home. Let me go back to work. You know, my dad was a cab driver and shit like that. So, like, they really come from, like, survival type mm-hmm. shit, you know. So, no to no fault to them. But, you know, I kind of wish um, I had more of an understanding. I kind of wish school kind of uh, pushed that on us a lot more, too. It's, especially considering the fact that we spend eight to nine hours a day in school, you know. Like, our parents well, are leaving that responsibility to our teachers and to, you know, the education system to give – 
us everything that they can't give us because they're trying to be out there and provide. But gee, I learned more about uh, Catholicism than I did about <laughs> exactly. Black History. Exactly, gee, I, I know all the saints. Yeah, fucking um, just basically like the history of Catholicism, the Crusades and shit like that. But when it comes to Black History, that shit, like we said, is three pages. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they shout out Mar- Martin. They shout out uh, Malcolm. Yep. Um, Jim Crow. And then after that, I think now with the 2000 history books, it's probably Obama in there now. And that's probably it. You know what I'm saying? But all this shit in between is lost. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's falling upon deaf ears. So something that you preach is kind of doing the research on your own. Oh, yeah. And you having have the to. internet now. You, you have know, to. Just get out there, you know. The research, everything is out there. Just got to put yourself forward. Facts. So I guess back to our original question then. Yes, what does Black History Month mean to you? Man, it's uh, something LeBron said that I love. He said, I celebrate this shit every day, and I feel him. Um, I love that we do have a month. That way it kind of gives, you know, everyone else that's not black, like, basically uh, an alarm. Like, you know, we exist. We're Mm -hmm. here. You Mm -hmm. know, we're celebrated. We're some of the most intelligent, um, intuitive, innovative people on the planet. Um, But I feel like we should live this shit every day. Uh, we push culture. Uh, we influence the hell out of music. We influence the hell out of fashion. We influence the hell out of sports. Um, so I think just Black History Month is Black History Year. Not yeah. to sound corny, but it's like this is something that we do. You know, we wake up in the morning and we have to exhibit Black excellence, Black history. So what does it mean to you, Brody? I, I don't think I can say anything different than what you said. Uh I think we unconsciously celebrate it every day. Yep. Um, just our ability to wake up every day and face this world as it is, is us making black history. That's powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, because waking up every day, the odds are already stacked against us. As soon as you walk out that door. You know what yep. I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, the fact that we was able to accomplish task, big or small, that's history in itself, you know, because we just set up something for the next day, mm. for the next 10 years, you know, hopefully if we're doing everything the right way. So, like, like you said, man, I'm happy that we have a month for it. But for me, like, it's it's every day, you know, like we, we have to give credit to what we're watching on TV, yep. to what we're seeing on social media, to the conversations that we're having in those meeting rooms, you know, on a corporate level, like, yep. We're, we probably won't be given the credit that we truly deserve, but everybody know what's up. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's Black History Month is great to me, but this is an everyday thing, man. Let me let me ask you this uh, kind of with black history. Uh, I'm sure you've seen how Hove just closed his uh, selling part of his stake in Ace of Spades. I think that's black history. Um, people do kind of feel some type of way of, about billionaires in general. Um, basically, the idea is like, you know, if you are a billionaire, then the people, there's somebody suffering basically for Facts. you to, to be a billionaire. But I think, you know, um, Hove doing business with Bernard Arnault, who's one of the wealthiest men in the world, like selling 50% of your stake in a company that's worth 500 million, like for a black man to do that, that's history to me. Like, regardless of what you say, about billionaires and you know black millionaires and things like that i think that level of intelligence 
that level of, um, you know, will to be able to get yourself in that room. Shit, he probably didn't even have to get himself in that room. They probably came to him. Like, you know? I think that's something to be celebrated. Uh, and that's, again, that's black history. That's, you know, man, that started off in Marcy Projects. You know what I'm saying? And now you basically just up 500 mil. You feel me? That's, that is, that's insane, bro. And that let's, is insane. And let's talk about the fact that he came out with Ace of Spades to shit on the heads of Chris Stahl. You yes, know sir. what I'm saying? Him, he, he, he popularized Chris Stahl rapping about it and it became a celebratory drink for everybody in our community. But for the owner, you know, of the drink to come out and say, I really don't like the fact that this community this hip-hop community black folks are drinking my stuff hove is like you know what forget you dude. do our own shit i'm gonna do my own shit and you see what he did with it and now he's profiting 10 times more you know 100 times more than what he originally did like that like you said bro that's black excellence that's showing the impact that we have on the culture to just change it just like that all right you're not rocking with us all right next do my own shit we need to do that with clothes you know what yeah. i'm saying we got so many designers out here who are doing the damn thing, but we are so attached to a name. They don't care about us, but they just hiding. Cristal, thankfully, wasn't hiding. He was the Trump back in the day. He, <laughs> was, he wasn't hiding his intentions. So we was able to make the, the right moves. So Yo. all of that's black excellence, man. And we only, we, we, we just, what is it, uh, at the tip right now. We, we just touching the surface and getting our feet wet. We're going we gonna to get to it, for real, for real, in our lifetime. I'm positive we're going to see something. Shout out to Diddy too with uh, Ciroc, um and a bunch of other black entrepreneurs and yeah, musicians, 50, 50 um, basically doing it their own way, um, kind of bringing their own capital into business. And something you said about black fashion, uh, you know, I joked that, you know, I shop at Zara. Mm -hmm. I just did some research on the company. The owner of Zara is a billionaire, a Spanish billionaire. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm just like, it's so many dope black designers, you know, I feel like I should invest more mm -hmm. into that. So that's on me. It's a start though. This 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 joint fire the BBC. You, that that joint fire. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. I just need to kind of do more research. I know you're super big in the black fashion. Um like everything. My coffee came from a black coffee <laughs> shop. Well, for you no cream in the shit. <laughs> black old, they all 43rd, 47th, 53rd. Holla at them. I got to check them out. I yeah, got to check them the out. Right way. But yeah, that's uh that's what we have on Black History. And again, I think twenty eight days really doesn't do it justice. I think we should all put our foot forward. Um celebrate your culture every day. Um black. Um I believe even people in the uh from the islands, you know, are uh, Caribbean people, um, you know, Africans, like we're all one people to me. I feel like we should be a monolith and if we're a monolith and we move together. Nothing can stop us. So. Period. I'm vibing with that, man. Yep. Black History Month. Celebrate that joint every day, man. Gang. Um, on that note, Black History Month during the month of February, Judas and the Black Messiah was recently released. Um, Look, I can see the tension in your face, <laughs> boy. Boy, mad. Man. <laughs> I'm mad, um, too. So, disclaimer, I haven't watched it in its entirety. Um but I do have a little bit of knowledge about the movie, uh, well, the, the context of the movie, and I'll say that that does not motivate me to go watch it. Um, not trying to spoil it for those of you who haven't watched it yet, but in my eyes, they're creating 
a, they're telling the story of a rat, a snitch, <laughs> somebody who ain't no way around it. That's true. You know what I'm That's saying? Some, somebody who claimed he was doing something for the cause, but ended up hurting the cause and 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 separating us. You know, if you if you want to think about it, took away one of our great leaders in Fred Hampton. I'm not even gonna give this guy the 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 pleasure of saying his name. Um, but <laughs> but so like just from my stance, it's like I can't rock with that. You know, I nah. <laughs> I really to to I really don't see. Well, I guess we could give like a a short recap as to you know Fred Hampton and yeah. what the movie's based on. Um, Fred Hampton, um, an activist uh, from Chicago who was born in Maywood, uh, basically um, joined or helped start the Black Panther Party um, in Chicago. First, he was part of the NAACP um, in Chicago. Then as he spent time in there, he uh, went to Oakland, came back, started the Black Panthers, were looked at by the U.S. government as a not a criminal organization, but a organization basically that can incite the people. And the U.S. government was kind of fearful as to, you know, the impact that would have because, you know, Fred Hampton was galvanizing people. He was gal- galvanizing gangs like the Black Peace Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a gang called like the Young Lords, which is like a Puerto Rican gang that he was able to um, bring in. Um, and I think the name of like the the cohesive group was like the rainbow coalition or something of that nature. Um, excuse me for not getting that right. Um, but basically he was a man of change and he was 21 at the time that he was murdered, which is, I don't know what you was doing at 21, but I definitely wasn't, you know, galvanizing the people at 21, you know? So, um, to speak on the movie itself, first I want to big up. That's a uh, legend right there. It is real talk. I want to big up uh, Lakeith. I want to big up uh, Daniel Kalua. Um, I think they did um, both uh, amazing jobs in portraying their characters. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm not a fan of rats, bro. Like, especially of your own people and just like snitching in general. Like, I just come from, you know, a time where it's like, if you do some shit, you stay with the shit. You don't backdoor people yep. you don't you know cape to save your own life like basically a lot of people that you're doing shit with are all trying to make it out of something that's holding them down and once you snitch you bring everybody down with you you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like what you mm-hmm. just basically the crab in the fucking barrel shit like you pulling everybody down um i'm not a fan of homie i don't want to say his name either He's you snitch. feel me um and uh Overall, the movie I enjoyed. I just hate that it was from the perspective of said person. So yeah, and I mean, just to speak to a bigger, a bigger purpose or a bigger cause. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, or actually inform me. Yep. Was this who produced this movie? Like, who wrote it? Mm, That is a question that I don't have the answer for off the top of my head. I don't either, but to me, it just speaks to, I think we talked about it in our first podcast, just like this narrative that the media wants to push out about our culture and our people and how they essentially, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we see things like Takashi and how like he snitched, got a whole bunch of people in trouble and came out and is essentially like 
hasn't been touched, hasn't been harmed, still getting his money and, and doing all of that and making it seem as if like that snitching aspect of stuff is what needs to be done to create change. And I kind of feel like them putting that narrative behind the Black Panthers and like making this a a global movie for people to see is like, I get it, you know, in order to solve a lot of the black on black crime that we do have going on, like we need more people to corroborate stories and 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 talk. Yep. But I don't appreciate how this is essentially saying pin pin our leaders against each other more or less, you know, using that loosely in order to support a bigger cause. Mm -hmm. This Fred Hampton's movement, the Black Panther movement could have been changed or adjusted in other ways. You know, rather than having the FBI find an informant who they arrested for stealing some fucking ice cream or <laughs> or doing, you know, a carjacking into a weak ass you know? car. Yeah. And yeah. and using him to, to have a 21 year old le dog is he was 21 years old, bro. And that's the part that hurts me the most is just kind of like. Like once he once the narrative is once he actually started infiltrating uh, the Black Panther Party. Then he started being like, oh, you know, I see uh, the light basically. Like, Man. oh, Fred Hampton and he's preaching power to the people. But the dude still went through it yeah. the whole way. Like, it's sick to me, man. And to your point about them kind of pushing this narrative, um, I feel like the story being told from homie's perspective mm -hmm. takes away Fred Hampton's legacy completely. Like, mm -hmm. there's so much of him we could have learned if it was based on his point of view. Like, his upbringing you know, what kind of pushed him to, because to, I think once the movie starts, um, it's more so kind of the latter end of his life. Facts. Whereas they could have did a whole thing about, you know, him in high school, um, what kind of pushed him to join the NAACP. They won't do that. Yeah, which is they some scared. host. They Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's like, if it's, if it's black people that produced it, like y'all could have done a better job in my opinion. 1,000%. That's a lot of history, bro. That's a lot of gems that you know who knows who could have been in his ear at the time too what kind of ogs was in his ear kind of pushing him in the right direction so i just think the perspective is whack the movie was great but i just think the point of view is trash like it's, no, don't give me no movies about no snitch niggas bro i'm not i'm not trying to hear that shit and it's it's all part it's all a form of oppression bro like they they want to control the narrative because they know if they speak to his entire story and i'm Let's let's make this take this into a, a, a bigger picture. Talk to me. Aside from Fred Hampton, if they share the full stories of a lot of the black leaders that have come up in this world, mm -hmm. they will empower us, mm -hmm. the youth. And they're More scared of that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that will cause a revolution. That will and and that revolution will have us realize our true dominance and our true effect on this world. And that, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm not being racist. I, I love my white friends. I love people to death, but we all know that white people control the dollar. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially all you control in this world. And the minute that we come together as a unit and can overtake that dollar, y'all don't really have much else to provide to this world. And they don't want to tell those stories because they know that, you know, something in your brain click, click. and your ass would be like, right. oh, something, <laughs> this shit ain't right. Like, exactly, dog. And so it's, it's, it's just interesting. To your point, man, they need to do a better job. You said it in episode one. We need to do a better job at telling black stories, telling the facts, full story. 
Facts. If we could do a um, Hidden Figures movie, we could do a, a movie about uh, Fred Hampton and the Panthers. Like, Facts. You know, like the movie, again, I feel like in some ways is still educational, but it's like we need the full story, not just motherfucking 10%. You give me 90% of a snitch who um, then went to commit suicide because he knew he was a hoe and he, like, bro, like, I'm not, <laughs> like, that ruined, that ruined the movie for me so much. Like, it, in the back of my mind watching this movie, bro, that's all I could think about. I'm just like, yo, yo, man, snitch on you, bro. Like, and this is, this is somebody that he was rocking with. Mm-hmm. You nigga cracking jokes with this nigga, like, oh, okay, you, mm-hmm. you my guy. Just for you to spin the block and be like, okay, this is where this nigga stand at. And I think you guys educated me saying that, like, he basically uh, gave him some type of, like, drug or some shit yep, to yep. inhibit to, to him. Say, sedate him. Bro, what kind of sick, like, what what would possess you to do that shit? Like, it just, to me, the way my brain works, like, I can't even sit and enjoy some shit in the back of my mind knowing that this nigga's a snitch. It's just kind of like, you see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You see it coming. And it's just a shame that at 20 years, 21 years old, you know, one of the most revolutionary figures at 21 years old yep. was taken down. Like, hey, man, there's a uh, there's a reason that when you set up rat traps, you got cheese and then you got the trap itself. The rat got to make a choice. <laughs> Do I want to bite? If I bite, I'm committing suicide. Just mm. like Willie Lynch, uh, Willie O'Neill. Sorry, I said his name. But folks <laughs> like they he, he made his choice. And unfortunately, yeah. he, he committed suicide because he bit the cheese. So a, a car and some ice cream. Bro. You feel me? Like, I don't know if that's really the specifics as to why that got him so scared to snitch. But just. It's certain he shit, bro. Choice. Yeah, it's certain shit, bro. Like that just irked my soul and just like snitches. Like if you if you part of some shit, stay with the shit. Don't cop please because now you jammed up. Like you knew what you signed up for. You knew what you what it was about. And then the last minute you get cold feet. Like I understand nah. you might quit a team. You might, but bro, snitching to to get somebody either arrested or killed, bro, some whole shit to me. Some very whole shit. And that is a great segue into my man, <laughs> my rainbow, man's. rainbow hair, rainbow hair. Folks been going crazy, but before we get into him, that man Bobby Schmurter got Absolutely released. Real, thank you for doing that, bro. You feel I'm, me? I'm happy you just switched that, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Feel you. me? They released the real Bobby Schmurter, the definition of a thoroughbred, standing by your guys, showing loyalty. And uh, <laughs> I think it was funny. They showed that one clip of the shorty trying to give him a drink at his at his uh, welcome home party. He was like, nah, I'm I good. I got my own shit. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, how you feel about Bobby? I know you was rocking with Bobby back in the day. Man, uh, Bobby, man, he had a crazy run. And to think, like, Bobby's run really started in 2014. We're in 2020 now. Um, for our viewers that don't know who Bobby Schmurter is, um, at the time, I want to say Bobby was in his early teens uh, from, uh, I believe, Brooklyn. Um, Bobby basically put out a string of hits, um, you know, and as his success kind of grew, you know, a lot of attention from the NYPD and the feds basically got on him and his crew. Um, I don't really want to name drop, you know, anything right. about his crew, but uh, basically um, 
they got him arrested. Uh, his fellow rapper, uh, Rowdy, um, was arrested and members of their crew. And basically, it boils down to, I think they try to give Rowdy 12 and they try to give Bobby 4. And Bobby said, fuck that, I'll take 6 if Rowdy gets 6. And that's just some stand-up shit. Like, he didn't switch up. He took more time from his homie. And Bobby, when he was locked up, was in it, like, he was in prison fights and shit. Mm-hmm. He had somebody, his girl, bring him a shank and mm-hmm. shit in jail. And they try to put some more time on top of that. But I guess through, um, you know, behavior um, and, you know, the when you actually do research on the case, like, they really didn't have shit on him. Like, wow. not like super hard evidence on him. So you did his time, him, him and his mans got out, and now this they're primed up, like, in the heels of, you know, Fabio pop smoke and the whole drill scene in Brooklyn. Like this is their time. This is their time. Like this, this, I feel like the timing of this is fucking perfect. Like this is their time to really, you know, take a hold of something. Yeah. Take, take a hold of that shit, bro. Take a hold of that and, um, really take off with it. So, uh, how you feel about the whole Bobby? How do you feel about Bobby and Rowdy and the whole Brooklyn wave and the, Man, I'm happy. Um, To be honest, like, yeah, we all know drill music started in Chicago, but what Bobby was able to do on the East Coast and kind of turn the drill into a vibe, into a, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a fact, bro. That's a fact. Feel me? Like, he, he started what we now see coming out of out of the east coast in the brooklyn and the sauce in it yeah yeah, you know what i'm saying so i'm happy like you said bro this is a perfect time for him if he does decide to come back out with some music because you know other artists these days the first day they out they dropping some you know he ain't do that yes that's true gucci was the last one i feel like that really somebody else do a first day kodak yeah, Kodak shit was hard, right. too. Kodak, <laughs> Kodak. Man, I fuck with Kodak. Oh, my life. Shout Kodak. out to Kodak. They just Shout freed to that Yak, boy, bro. too. Yeah, he, he uh, tough. He tough. Even though he got pardoned because he supported <laughs> Trump. <laughs> we gonna leave that where it's at. Shout uh, out to his lawyers, bro. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, but I'm, I'm happy, man, that he's back. And he showed the right way that things were supposed to be done. And at the end of the day, he knew the life that he chose. Mm-hmm. And he chose to stick by that. Whereas that other goofy guy, <laughs> that that other goofy dude, the the colorful hell rainbow dude who got out, went in for a facade, um, Facts. was just trying to get his money and thought that he could portray a lifestyle that he really wasn't about. His own father came out and said folks wasn't like that. So it's... It's interesting to see like how everybody has flocked towards that guy and like we don't understand that yeah we may not support what he's doing but the fact that we're watching all of his views we're streaming his music to hear like Nigga, what wild doc, stuff. You got a doc on Hulu, bro. Exactly. Yeah. And and that was beyond me. Like I was one. I listened to like a year ago when he had some a series on Spotify. I listened to it just to hear about like what the case was and how that was working but i refused to like watch that documentary about him and try and listen to his side of the story because he's just foul yeah that's some backdoor shit like you feel me and being from chicago to see the disrespect that he continuously like just does to to the guys here in chicago dog 
who is offing people for way less. You know what I'm saying? Like they bodying people like him Ooh, for way less. That's and fact. saying things like rest in piss and your homie is woo. I'm like, gee. Get your ass smoke. Man, turn you into a wood. Girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just sad to see like the two opposite ends of it. Like Bobby was never in this for the money. He was in this for his people. You know, like he understood that what he was doing in the streets was to put food on the table for his moms and his people. He understood that shit. I found a way out through music. So let me do this music shit. This still my real life, but I'm gonna do this music shit to help amplify the bucks that I could provide for my family. Oh my gosh, right. Whereas Takashi was just all about the bucks from the beginning to the end. Dude, rainbow hair, got 69 tatted all over his body, you freak boy. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> that shit weird. Like, Shit is disgusting, man. And uh, I, I read a little bit about uh, both of them. Uh, I'm kind of the same way as you. If I see any Takashi shit on my timeline, bro, I don't even... Less than a second, bro. I'm scrolling past it. I actually want to mute that shit on my um, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that shit is disgusting to me. But I know that based on uh, their history, I think I think uh, Takashi's from Flatbush, and I want to say Bobby's from Flatbush. I think Bobby, yeah, Bobby from Flatbush for a fact. Okay, so I, I did some research on it, bro. Both of them kind of came up in kind of similar lifestyles. Like Takashi's stepfather was murdered. Bobby's dad got life in prison for attempted murder. You know, so basically that male figure wasn't there. They kind of both had to figure it out. But it's like Bobby, like you said, like when he jumped into it, he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing. And he had, to me, at the end of the day, he had respect for his guys and his guys had respect for him. Yep. In the Takashi scenario, there was no mutual respect. It was like a, a Misa and like, okay, we're going to use this nigga. We know he's going to get all these views. Um, he's going to get booked for all these shows. And then the guys that he got jammed up, you know, was kind of adding fuel to the fire because this dude is out here dissing people. Like, man, I mentioned earlier, bro, with him going to Nipsey's mural, bro, I, that shit made me fucking sick. And, I just can't get with that. And I just feel like even despite their upbringing and circumstances, like Bobby took the the correct route. If I was Sakashi, bro, like, and I never wish I was Sakashi, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like once you, once you, once you snitch on them guys, bro, you quiet. Don't, yeah. don't try to yeah. put out music. You supposed to be in Wissack. Yeah, to, bro. This nigga trying to buy chains and do remixes and paying niggas to interview him and shit like that which is all corny to me um so yeah i just you know we we come from a city bro like i personally don't know any snitches like personally period and i don't know anybody that affiliates with snitches or you know those are the type of guys that hang around granted snitches all over the place but i just feel like if you do something, just stand by it at the end of the day. Like, you got to be man enough. Yeah, bro, you signed up for it. Like, your parents used to tell you, you do the crime, you do the time. Like, it's as simple as that. Don't try to squeak your way out because, you know, niggas in prison, now that you was woofing and talking all that shit, it's niggas in prison waiting on you. Like, just some whole shit to me. That's the best way to summarize it. Yeah, That's bro, some my whole shit. That <laughs> That's some whole shit by that dude. And once again, man, I think the the theme for this one or just like the thing we should focus on is Bobby Smart at home. Yes, he sir. He's free. 
damn near all of their crew, the whole GS9, a couple of them. It's like a few left that's still locked up, but a lot of them did their time. You know, they free now. Thankful for, you know, um, Fetty, uh, I'm blanking on Fabio, like all of them who kept it kept it real, held the, held the movement down for them. So right now they out and they, you know, Brooklyn, able to boss up. Brooklyn is on fire, bro. They on the they, to me, they have... They're so original, which which is what I appreciate. Like they lingo, dancing, style, Facts. content. You know, it's it's all fresh, and that's what I appreciate the most. Viral. Yeah, Bow. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> when Fabio started doing that, bro, I remember I, first time I seen a, a Fabio video. I'm like, okay, this is a hit. This is because it's different. Movie. It's di- yeah, like like you said, they talking about drilling shit, but it's not. It's, it's different from the Chicago shit in yeah. the sense that the Chicago shit was serious, bro. Like, I remember when Herb did his computers, like, that shit was serious, bro. You know what I'm saying? And these guys, like, they added, like, the little sauce mm-hmm. and the woo-walking and all that to it. But something I want to ask you before we wrap this up is, you know, I, I love music, so I, I want to get your opinion on this. The type of music Bobby's going to make, do you think it should be drill-esque? Like the way Poppinum was doing it, or should he kind of branch off and get away from that? Whatever parts of his story that he want to talk about, whether it's them old days when he was actually doing it, or mm-hmm. what he was facing while he was, you know, incarcerated. Yeah, that's gonna be major. Yep. Or if he want to get on that luxury music, you know, get on that meat, get on that Rick Ross, get on that Nipsey, and and speak to. You know how I'm about bigger and better now. I'm worth such and such. Like, I'll be fine with it. As long as it's real. Yep. As long as he telling that real story, like, I'm cool with it. The biggest thing for me be, like, I understand music and all of that has a huge effect on the culture. But at yes. the end of the day, it's about your ability to know right or wrong. To know that these guys is telling their story, not my story. I don't have to go act you know and go and go drill today because i just heard bobby who just got out whose life was supposed to be changed but he's still rapping about getting down on somebody like that shouldn't be you because oh, that's him that's beautifully said bro that's so beautifully said. appreciate I, that I, I agree with that a thousand percent i i think bobby's really talented i think bobby is a breath of fresh air i think he has you know when he came out he was so young like and I think now he's probably still in his early 20s. 20s yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he has a lot to talk about. Um, I just feel like, you know, we can wrap it up with this. I feel like the drill sound, you know, I think he should let Fabio and them run with that shit. And I think he should come and just, you know, reinvent his sound. Facts. Because, like, there's just so many people adopting the drill wave. And, yeah. like, now I think – him doing time, like I just seen something about him talking about, you know, getting into real estate because he's been mm-hmm. in jail and mm-hmm. he's been reading and educating himself. To me, not a gap is a lot bigger. And like you said, like don't bring yourself down. There. Like you above that now. Like you, you seen kind of where that shit got you. You're educated now. You know, speak on the real, but also understand like where you are now. Like you nice. probably look back and be like, man, you know, I was young. I know you seen the video when he was at Epic doing the yep. uh, computer shit, nigga sliding yep. across, the, slide table across the table. Yeah, you know, I think that part of Bobby is dead now. I think now it's like the mature, like let me be on some bullshit. So facts, yeah, man. Shout out to Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. Free Shout the out real, to Rowdy man. Too. All the real is free. Um, 
But yeah. Yeah, man. Um, free to real. All star game, twenty twenty one. Uh, where would you like to begin, man? How do you feel about, you know, the NBA basically reducing the weekend uh, to one day in Atlanta? I think I seen some shit where it was like they don't do the dunk contest at halftime. <laughs> Which is the wackiest shit I ever heard in my life. Um, I think, um, hey man, it's all about the dollar, right? Like I asked you before, bro, if you got tickets to go, would you go at the end of the day? Damn near. Yeah, you pulling up, bro. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Just, I would too. Just because at the end of the day, that's a staple for the league. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we all look forward to the the best of the best being able to play on the same team. Cause we all have this, you know, when we watching them play, we like, yo, could you imagine if like KD, Braun and Kyrie yeah. all teamed up on the same team, like what that would do. So like this brings our fantasies to life for a little bit. So it is, Facts. I'm in support of them playing the game. Um, just as long as like the, the health protocols are all followed. Cause what team was it? Uh, just recently, the Raptors didn't have any of their coaches because they all had to, <laughs> you know, follow protocol. And it's like they fucking in Florida, bro. They uh, they moved their practice facility to Florida for the year, so I know they out and about. Florida's open. It's Florida's open. It's open. So. Just like Atlanta. So you know, I think I seen a. That, what is that page on Instagram, Justin LA Boy or whatever? He, uh, I, and, I think I've heard of that page. Yeah. And he said. I forgot I forgot what he said, but, you know, he just been out. Oh, he was like, um, I'm from Atlanta. I don't know what the virus is or something like that. He made a post, <laughs> you know, a post like that or something. And, you know, these places that are open, it's, if, if it's open, it's hard for you to say, all right, I'm going to be, like, masked up all day, every day. I'm going to stay my ass in the crib. Did Especially when you got the bucks. what happened to Lou Will, bro? Man. You, you telling me you bringing... Man, come on, man. Hey, man, come on, bro. And little disclaimer: the, the the little stripper girl who snitched on him was actually in a few sincerely richer fashion shows, so she's wild. Mm. <laughs> you know, like we we know about you, shorty. Call him out. Call him <laughs> out. Call him out. Call you know what I'm out, saying? Uh, but nah, she did come out and apologize and say like I didn't expect for that to blow up like that. I was just trying to say like, do do tip well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like, you got it too. So right. For sure, for sure. You know, uh, but bro love his wings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all of that to say, stupid. <laughs> all of that to say, man, as long as, you know, the health and safety protocols are followed and these guys already have to give up a lot, you know, um, to play the game of basketball. And they made the choice that they wanted to play this season and compete and, and go to work every day. So I think I kind of feel as if it's the NBA's responsibility to make sure that they're safe. Um, if they if all they care about is their dollar. How you feel about it? Uh, my boy KD, the greatest player on the world, on the planet, in my opinion. I know niggas hate KD. He's a snake. He went and joined, but can't nobody check this nigga, period. At all. Uh KD is smart because I think KD is perfectly healthy. <laughs> He's just like, no, nah, I'm not doing this shit. Like y'all can't, y'all can't calm me into playing for y'all. Um, but overall, I think, you know, if we're already doing a quick turnaround for the season, um, forcing NBA players to rush back uh, after basically being in Orlando in the bubble, um, I believe that weekend uh, 
um, should have been for the players. You right. know what I'm saying? At least give them that benefit. Like, they sacrifice a lot. Mm -hmm. They sacrifice a lot. And now you're kind of putting them in a predicament where, one, they're exposed to coronavirus. Two, you're not giving them time to really rest and recover. Um, and again, to your point, you're putting the dollar over the player. player like yep. it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And I know they say All-Star Weekend is like one of the biggest money generating things um, for the NBA uh, in terms of uh, cash flow and exposure. And then you also know like Atlanta, basically all the rappers live in Atlanta. Man. Some of your favorite rappers live in Atlanta. The Baby live in Atlanta. Dirk live in Atlanta. Pooh Shiesty's in Atlanta. Gucci's in Atlanta. Jeezy's in Atlanta. Can't um, forget the goat, Thug, Thug in Atlanta. Thug in that baby is in me? Atlanta. So it's me? it's so much money. You know, the club host is going to be crazy, bro. Man. I see somebody was like, they're going to put Adam Silver's face on a promotion <laughs> on the flyer. Some, like, I, could, I could see that shit happening, bro. I could see that shit happening. It's probably going to be fucking oh, Adam man. Silver runs in Atlanta, too, I'm dead. bro. You know Adam what I'm Silver runs. Bro, you know that Who shit. Who got the Silver runs? <laughs> <laughs> You know that 60 shit. 60 and KD. You feel me? You, feel you know me? that shit coming, but uh No, I gotta know. be a it's it's KD's only All-Star <laughs> weekend. <laughs> that that pack, but yeah. yeah, it's it'll be interesting. It is what it is at this point. I think uh like you said, you kinda signed up for it. It's a part of being in a league. I guess when you make a multi millions, you really don't have a lot of room yeah. to complain. But I, I feel for the players. I'm biased because basketball is my obsession. Like, I love basketball to death. And like you said, like, I want to see my nigga Dane play. That's my guy. Like, I want to see Dane play. Luca shouldn't be starting over him, but Man. that's a whole other subject. I want to see Dame. I want to see Braun. I want to see Steph. I want to see the uh, Bradley Beals of the world. Um, On that note, how do you feel about CP making it? Over book? Over book. Even though Book's in there now, but as Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, I watch um, The Jump, and I forget, maybe it was Robert Ori, but they said something that kind of made me understand. Book really hasn't changed his game, if we be honest. Like, you know, they're just winning out. But that's Thanks. because Chris Paul is there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The bubble, they was showing out in the bubble, but when CP got in there, bro, they sit in fourth, maybe fifth mm -hmm. in the West. Like, mm -hmm. that, to me, like, I guess an all-star probably isn't always in the numbers, but maybe Facts. in the effect. So having like, a, it's like basically putting LeBron on your team. To me, it's like you put LeBron on your team, the whole culture has changed. Like, it's niggas I'm seeing, uh, what's my man? That's the three for him. Um, ah, he went to fucking Villanova. But now nah, this nigga shooting threes like he Clay Thompson, bro. Because CP, like CP's putting the battery in their back to really – uh, to hoop like DeAndre A and bro last season popcorn this season yeah. you know what I'm saying you put him in the post whoever guarded him is like Shaq say barbecue chicken like ain't sure you can really yeah. you know what I'm saying so I think in a when we look at numbers hell no CP shouldn't be there, in there. but in terms of like impact right. uh, yeah Rightfully Luca so. I'm gonna fuck it since we on it Luca should not be starting over Dame I'm still not sold on Luca's game like he's a bucket. You know, and I didn't know Luca's basically built like Bron. Yeah, you know? yeah I was just I was waiting for you to finish. Bro, I was about to 250? say fifty point guard. But the difference stop it. The difference between Luca and like Bron is he doesn't have like athleticism. Not you at know all. What I'm saying and like you ever seen Luca dunk? A few times. I never seen this man dunk, bro. 
and that's the that's the crazy part because right like yes he has the iq like he's been playing with grown men for years stupid so iq stupid iq he can get to his spots and all of that but i kind of feel like give it like five or so years he's just going to be your average joe just mm-hmm. because like he doesn't have that athleticism he doesn't have like that He's not super quick or super fast, so he won't be able to, like, always beat you to the spots. He knows how to get there, but I kind of feel like we're seeing a new wave of basketball players where athleticism is through the roof. Like, players are jumping higher and higher. They're running faster and faster. See these shorties in high school, bro? Bro, it's insane. I remember when I seen, uh, before, who was it, uh, Cassius Stanley in high school? Man. Dude was, I said, I'm dude done hooping, boy. East band from the three-point line. I'm done like, hooping, bro. <laughs> I don't know what they feeding these kids <laughs> yeah. now, bro, but these kids is ridiculous. Crazy. So all of that to say, if you not matching that athleticism or if you weren't born super athletic, it's going to be hard for you to sustain in the league. I think, like, the average NBA player is there for four to six years. You know like in NBA? Yeah. Damn, that's, damn, yeah, that's the av- short. The, the average player is there for four to six years. If you're there for anything longer, you're like... you like one of them guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be interested to see where yeah. Luka ends up like after that. You know, he is Team Jordan, so MJ must see something in him. Um, I can't hate on Luka, bro. He His game is... is I guess it's something I'm not accustomed to seeing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the the hezzies and the movement. Like he be tapping motherfuckers, but it's not. It's not like a. It just don't. It's it's probably the European part of it. It's like a, a dance. Like yeah, a, yeah. He just That's the best shift way to put you. It. Just shift your ass this way. Shift your ass this way. Step back. Hezzy pull. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's a. It's a different kind of game, but I'm a, I'm a counter your point and say I think his lack of athleticism is going to help him stay in the league because. You know, a lot of people, like even mm-hmm. D-Rose with Pooh. When Pooh came in the game, bro, he flying, he acrobatic, and then tore his ACL, tore his knee up. Um, Luca, if he could just stay to the ground and just hone in on just creating shots and getting in the spots and just use the IQ, kind of like CP, like yeah. longevity in that. But he's, he's a six great eight, player. 6'8", 250. point guard, yeah. bro. You can't, you can't beat that. I mean, I think it was uh, – I was just watching, uh, listening to an episode of All the Smoke. I can't remember who it was. Shout out to Matt Barnes and uh, Jack. Yeah, you feel me? I can't remember who they was interviewing, but they asked them who was, like, the toughest person, you know, you guarded. And they said Magic Johnson because Magic (laughs) Johnson used to, like, bring the ball up court and just smile at you because he knew that he could see over you. You know, like, dude was 6'8". You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. So it's like when you have that advantage as a point guard, the game is just so much easier for you because you already can see the entire floor. That's a fact. You know? And uh, it's just a matter of being able to get people the ball in the right spots and at the right time and then figure out how you're going to get your bucket. So I'm not hating on Luca at all. I'm, the, the kid's talented. He is 22, 21, yeah. 22. So the kid's talented. I mean, but we'll see. We'll see. I feel like the NBA is really, really going to a league of just more athleticism over anything. And that's just why I'm skeptical about players who kind of lack it and move at their own pace. The one thing I will say, we can wrap this up, bro, uh, not to bore y'all with a lot of NBA <laughs> talk, but obviously we could tell we yeah. love basketball. You feel me? 
It's just something I want to bring up. I don't know if you saw this, bro. Uh, Denver was playing um, playing some team, bro, and they had a chance to tie the game. Mm. It's uh, who's this? Uh, who's a, Jamal Murray coming down with the ball? It's their little point guard now, Compazzo yeah. and uh, Michael Porter Jr. And then their point guard, another point guard. Bro, it's a four-on-one fast break, G. It's a four-on-one fast break. And uh, Jamal Murray, they're all running against one defender. Jamal Murray stops at the three-point line. And his teammates all stop at the three. So the whole paint that's crazy. is crazy. Bro, and that's... That's one thing I hate about the NBA now. Like, it's, it's really repetitive with shit. It's like threes and layups. That's it. That's all. And that's why I appreciate niggas like CJ. Like, CJ McCollum is a dog. Like, man, when they come into town, I always go see Portland play because I'm a fan of him and Dame. But I just hate the way the NBA is now. It's like a lot of switching, a yep. lot of layups, a lot of it's just me and you. You on an island. I'm going to dog you and I'm going to get a bucket. Now it's not like that. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to settle for the three. Maybe it's the yeah. the analytics Twitter now. Like they say, like the nerd, nerd statisticians now where stats is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph kind of, I wouldn't say ruined it, but he kind of made people more comfortable with taking threes. And Steph is not afraid of a two. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop yeah, rambling about it. It's just shit like that that'd be annoying. Seven footers like Embiid rather to shoot a three than yeah. be in the post, but. Like he said, we don't want to bore y'all <laughs> with this basketball. No, we out of here. We out of here. Um, man, you know we always talk about Chicago. Uh, it's been a topic for the last year, especially with Lori being our mayor. But I something I found super interesting was the fact that I was reading an article and the headline was like Chicago tops the list for like most corrupt cities. And are you surprised, my brother? Are you. I'm not. Are you shocked? I'm. I'm <laughs> Are you surprised? This is a this is a city ran by the mafia, dating all the way back to Al Capone and like mm-hmm. all the Italians and all of that. And this, it ain't getting no better. But it's just crazy to see that. I think you just said it um, when we were talking about sports. It's a cycle, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, an evolve. What is it? Revolving cycle. Like the stuff just. It, it's sad that no real change has come about. Um, right. Chicago used to be one of the best cities considered like the melting pot for all different types of um, ethnicities and races to come and kind of be free mm-hmm. but we know that's not the case like you have areas dedicated to Asians areas dedicated to Hispanics Polish black people and it's like segregated well, segregated city I haven't been everywhere but I can honestly say Chicago like I remember my sister, one piece of advice, like growing up in my city, in the city, my sister used to always tell me, because, you know, we used to move around a lot. Oh, let me go hang out here. She was like, if you don't know nobody over there, don't, don't go. go. Don't go. And I, I took that shit to heart. Unless I'm on a bus to, I'm going somewhere to pick up some shit or, or, and leave, mm-hmm. like, you won't see me walking around on any blocks because it's so segregated. Like, people, like, even being in a in a Latin neighborhood, like, you know this growing up, niggas look at you. You GD, just Immediately, off, off bat. Like, bro, I don't even know you, bro. Off you know what I'm saying? Like, off. it's it's crazy. Like niggas that. staring at you, throwing up all types of shit. I'm like, bro, I just go to school. You know I mean? black, <laughs> black people, Hispanic people, like, shit, shit is crazy. And it's, it, it forces you to, 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 to walk around, like, you know what I'm On saying? On edge. Yeah. Like, something I used to always say is, like, 
as soon as I step out the door, I'm a target. Yep. I'm a target from people that look like me. Yep. I'm a target from people that don't look like me. Like it's like you constantly like life or death as mm-hmm. soon as you walk out the door. And it's not it's not a healthy thing, but just to loop back into the whole uh, corruption corruption shit. Um this ain't brand new, bro. Like fucking Blagojevich trying to sell a Senate seat to uh, my man's ass, <laughs> to JP, bro. Yeah, yeah. JP's the richest governor in the history of the U.S., bro. You don't need a Bono Senate seat. Like he he funded Hillary Clinton's campaign. Man. Like he's he's a basically almost a billionaire, bro. Like he's rich as fuck. Look into his look into his family. I'm pretty sure rich is a motherfucker, bro. Stupid rich, and even um. Uh, Jesse Jackson's son did time um, for, I guess, appropriate. Like, it's, yeah. this this isn't surprising to me, bro. This city is a shit show at the end of the day when it comes to politics. Um, I think, I don't know if you've seen somebody from Ignatius, actually, that went to Ignatius. Ooh. Yeah, he was doing some shiesty shit under Mike Madigan. Madigan. Yeah. He was, what, what was it? In a matter of, like, three days, he got... He was replacing Madigan, and then he re- resigned or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and he was supposed to get a check for the month, and he had to turn that shit down because yeah. he was a goofy. So I'm not surprised, bro. I'm not. I I think I'm more so just be saddened yeah. by a lot of the facts Um, just because it's like you know it, but until you actually, like, see it, you're like, damn. Like, I gave the right. benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like, from like it just it's just messed up. We're most corrupt city. We got like <laughs> most murders from time to yeah, time. Facts. Most facts. segregated, you know, and I like I don't know, Doug. It sucks. Whenever you go out of town and you meet somebody um from out of town, they'd be like, Oh, you're from Chicago, like Chirac. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Yeah, facts. And that facts. stuff that stuff be sad, bro. Like I hate I just hate the narrative of a place that I love so much. A place that we all know has nothing but beauty to it, if we want to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But it's just based in corruption. I think uh growing up as kids, like before we became teenagers, we saw the beauty we, in the yeah, city. It's facts. And then once you get older, like, I just remember growing up, uh, going to the Boys and Girls Club, like, you either, you basically lived on Wilson or you lived on Lawrence. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that, those streets and those surrounding areas. You know what I'm saying? And everybody used to go to the same gyms and shit. Everybody used to hoop. And then it's like, once you turn 13 and 14, then you got to pick sides. Pick sides. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's shit like that that make me sad, but also makes me love the city, too. It's weird. It's like you've been through it so it kind of like you get an appreciation for it i feel like everybody kind of goes through that initiation process but uh once you get older you kind of see the fuck shit that happens in the city it kind of it makes you sad for real it's like damn like how come i couldn't come up in the suburbs like some not come up but like have a lifestyle like uh some of my suburban homies were you know what I'm saying? You get off the train, you're not having to look all around you to figure out where you're going and see who's following you and this shit. Like, it's just, a, it's a weird, it's a beautiful struggle almost. It's like, I appreciate that shit, but we all have PTSD from that shit. Like, bro, crazy. Random, I don't know if it's a piggyback, a segue or whatever, but just to the points of like where we grow up in our neighborhoods and things of that nature, mm-hmm. I just think about the fact that every neighborhood that I essentially grew up in was like, more or less primarily black you know what i'm saying and then when i think about that and expand upon it i think about the fact that i didn't know the differences between like 
smoothies and like milkshakes and shit until I got to like <laughs> high school yeah. because Facts. in the hood Facts. or like where we grew up at, you don't have places that have those types of things. Like we ain't had no pot belly to actually have like a milkshake or have a smoothie. Like no, no, we had no. the corner stores where you're going to go grab you a 50 cent juice, a, a bag of chips and maybe honey a honey bun. bun. And then aside from that, you just going to the crib and eating whatever your OG cook, That's you know? Fun. So it's like, when you hear things like the corruption and that the dollars ain't going to where they're supposed to go, I can sit back and just think about how that truly affected me growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's lots of stuff that I didn't have because funds was put elsewhere. Like right. Lori Lightfoot allocating COVID funds to fucking police. Man, you know what I'm boy. saying? Like, like that, that, that type of stuff right there is sick, knowing that. You know, there's cases of, of students who are going through abuse at the crib and can't even focus on school. They don't have That's anywhere right. else to go. You know what I'm saying? But we rather, oh, the police have to do a, a random check into somebody's house. Let me give them some OT money. Like, nah, gee, that shit don't work. Like, it's not solving solutions. And we're continuing to just repeat these cycles of messed upness. And when do we get out of it? Bro, to, to the point about, uh you know, like, smoothies and milkshakes and shit, like, I always say this, too. I remember when I went to, you know, I went to St. Thomas with Catholic school up until the fourth grade, and I went to CPS for two years. I went to McCutcheon, and I went to Gillespie on the south side, fifth and sixth grade. I remember, bro, for breakfast, niggas used to be at the gas station, bro, eating honey buns, zebra cakes, crunchy curls, you know what I'm saying, drinking for breakfast. Fact. Super, oh, the best. You put a super donut in the microwave, Man. bro, that should have made you cry. <laughs> but just just, uh, just thinking about that, like, I would never have my kids eat that shit, bro. Never in my life. Like, for breakfast, like, we used to be at the gas station, like, you know what I'm saying, trying to eat Cheetos. Like, that is the worst shit ever could possibly put in. Not having enough resources. Like, mm -hmm. the gas station was fucking our grocery store. Like, why, why are we living like that? Like, why are we eating this shit? And it didn't, it didn't hit me until we got to high school and I'm seeing kids bring their own lunch to school and kids eating celery and shit. Boy, I never ate celery in my Period. life until I got to Ignatius. Like, it's just, it's a lot of work. And hopefully if I do have kids, you know, I definitely want to put them on to the, all the bad shit we was eating. But I'm not having my kids eat fucking country curls for breakfast, bro. That shit is terrible for you. Yeah, man. It's the cycle. It's a cycle, man. It's, it's it sucks. Cycle. It sucks, but it, it kind of made us who we are. Yeah, it's a blessing. Yep, it's a blessing in disguise. Um, it's a blessing in disguise, and I'm thankful that we are at the places that we are at right now. That's a fact. A and lot we'll, of people we know haven't made it this far, man. Especially African American folks. So, and our ability to come together right now and do this podcast and facts speak to everyone about our experiences let everyone know that you're not alone you know what i'm saying we all have experienced this at some in some capacity some level some form and i think if you hear that you're not alone it'll make you want to reach out to other people and try to make a difference mm -hmm. or you know like now that you hear stuff like this maybe if you see another coat drive or something around you'll actually go donate a coat because at the end of the day, there's a reason Chicago's on this corrupt list, and they're not going to do anything to change it. And I repeat and repeat this every single time, but we have to be the change we want to see. 
That's a fact. You have to be like intrinsically motivated to want to make a difference. If you don't, like, we're gonna continue to have segregated neighborhoods. We're gonna continue Facts. to eat hot crunchy curls for breakfast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're gonna continue to be messed up, man. And that shit not cool. I uh, agree three thousand percent with that. I think um, coming together is important. I know, you know, I wasn't really a big volunteer guy. Um, I'm trying to do that more in 2021. But I know when the looting is happening, I went to a jewel on I want to say 70 something in uh, Stony, right across the street from the temple. And help clean up a jewel. And just seeing that many people of color coming together, bro. Like, that shit was cool. Yeah, that shit's dope. And I think, you know, I think our biggest hurdle as black Americans is distractions. Facts. I think there are purposely things put in front of us to kind of subdue our brains. And it takes, like, uh, George Floyd to happen for shit to click. Mm -hmm. But then time passes and you get dulled out. And I think even with LeBron, like... Um, LeBron more than a vote. Like we need to make shit like that cool. We need to make like it shouldn't take some like the Nipsey shit. When Nipsey died, bro, and they had all the gangs in LA coming together. You know they had the '60s coming together with the Hoovers, with you know the um, you know all just a different type of feuding. Even gangs. the ones who was beat, yeah, yeah. Like it, it shouldn't take death. It should take knowledge to be like, yo, why are we? Granted, like there's obviously shit, you know that you know, kind of perpetrated, you know, gangs beefing and shit like that. But it shouldn't take somebody to die for people to click. Facts. Like, we should just realize where we are right now. Like, yo, why are we beefing? How come we not buying real estate together? How come we not getting money together? How come instead of us putting shorties in the line of fire, why don't we try to put them on game? Like, bro, go to practice, my nigga. Go to practice. Uh, do your homework. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we still got you on the block, but... If we know that's not for you, that's not for you. You know what Period. I'm saying? Let's not, let's not, like they say, crabs in a barrel. I don't think people intentionally pull other people down. I think it's just a product of your environment. So right. it's not like I'm, I'm trying to pull you down, but shit, this is the only way we going to eat. We going to gangbang, we going to hustle, blah, blah, blah. But I think we need to make shit like that cool where it's like, let's, let's, let's educate the youth. Like, mm -hmm. shorty, this ain't for you. Don't do that. You're not a gangbanger, bro. Go to school. And granted, like, I had a big brother and big sister and a, a strong family support system, you know, because Africans don't play. like At all. My dad was not about that shit, bro, at all. So, you know, I always had that kind of barrier, but, you know, we had people that we knew that was a part of that. But we just need to overall make it cool to be smart. Like, make it cool to come together. It's not always about this person's an op and I'm finessing this person, I'm robbing this person, let me run off on the plug. That shit not cool. That shit whack to me, to whack be honest. Up. It's whack. Like, let's come together and big up each other and put people on and let me help my mans out and let me support your business and, you know what I'm saying, the X, Ys, and Z. So, 2021, man, let's big each other up, bro. Let's great. come together and love each other, man. Like, I think that's the theme of 2021. And on that note, that's a great way to end this joint. Let's be great. Let's love each other. Gang. It's my big brother. Sir. It's another episode of Not Your Typical Booty Scratches. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Gang. Gang, gang.